As of today, I will no longer be a member of the Trailblazers player roster, so I can focus all my energy on my rehabilitation. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me as always on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, a massive day in the NBA, 11 games on, some potentially serious injuries that are going to have ramifications right across the fantasy basketball landscape. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. Let's kick it off with the first game of the night. The New York Knicks, they go down to the Sixers, 109-104. Marcus Morris, why wouldn't you, in every opportunity you can get, play 40 minutes of Marcus Morris so he can jack up 21 shots and miss a couple of key shots late? Now, 24-13, and 13, six assists, two steals, four triples is a very, very good fantasy line. It's very good. There's just no need for him to be playing 40 minutes a night. He remains an absolute monster of a sell-high guy. At some point, Fizdale will be filed. Fired, he'll be told not to play him. Morris will be traded. Like one of those three things happens, and Morris's numbers go down. So I reckon you got like twenty five percent of Morris for twenty five percent chance of Morris being able to sustain this level. Yeah, it's not good. Um, he should never be doing this. Anyway, Julius Randle, one of the hardest players to watch in the league, seventeen and eight with three steals. The efficiency, which was up last game, was down here, but that, you know, getting three steals is always a huge benefit or a bonus out of Randle. While Frankie Nilakina had seventeen points in thirty-three minutes, a big offensive night from Frank. Zero assists and zero steals isn't what you want. I have him more as a fourteen-teamer than a twelve-team league player. While Rowan Barrett Jr. Eight, seven, and three, two steals and a block. And again, like Randall, getting defense out of Barrett is always useful. And he didn't take a free throw, so that's a benefit. He missed his field goals, of course. Three, oh, sorry, four of 12 from the field. Taj Gibson started, got into some early foul trouble, 11 and four. Mitchie Robinson, extreme foul trouble. Three fouls in his first four minutes, 13, uh, 13 minutes overall, four points. He still had three blocks. He is, to me, and people will disagree with me as much as you as you want, and if you the fact that people disagree with me means that this is actually true, that he is a buy-low. Mitchell Robinson is a buy-low, and he is a must-roster player. If he gets dropped, and he is going to get dropped in plenty of leagues, you go and get him. At some point, something clicks with him, with Fizda, with the firing, with the front office, with whatever bullshit is going on, something will click. Punchbob had seven points in 24 minutes, and of course, when you've got a lottery pick, a top 10 pick in a really strong draft, you've got to do everything you can to get them acclimated. So 10 minutes for Kevin Knox, three points there on his only shot. When you can give 40 minutes to Marcus Morris, there's no better way to teach a young player than to watch a dickhead like Morris go out there and jack up 21 shots. Of course, he got a flagrant foul as well in that, Marcus. On to the six is Benny Simmons. His first career three, he played 42 minutes. And outside of the three, which actually means jack shit for fantasy, it was good to see him do it, but he was dominant in other areas. 18, 7, and 13, a triple one, 78 from the field, 75 from the line. That is massive for Simmons. If, you know, he's not going to do that all the time, but that's huge if he can get yeah, close to approximating those numbers. Embiid was great as well, 23, 12, and 5 with two blocks. And the most important thing from Embiid is he said he's going to play the back-to-back over the weekend, Friday, Saturday. The shooting from him was pretty atrocious here, though. 8 of 12 from the line and 37% from the field. 
Uh, Mike Scott got hot, uh, 12 points with four triples. The fact that he was hitting his shots meant that Furkan Korkmaz, who started in place of Josh Richardson, did absolutely nothing. Two points in 16 minutes, a real stinker from Korkmaz. He should be nowhere near your 12-team leagues pretty clearly. Toby Harris also stunk it up, 14-4-4. and And those defensive numbers, which had been up recently from Harris, they were down. The painter, Matisse Theibel, he was in with Richardson out, had his two steals, played a little bit down the stretch and in the closing lineup as well, but not looking like a regular rotation guy. Well, Al Horford, not great from him. Seven points on 11 shots for Big Horf. Let's move on to the next game now. We've got the San Antonio Spurs and the Washington Wizards, and Popovich made a change to the starting lineup. Maximum Derek White was out. Maximum Derek. So we had uh, Paddy Mills start over DeJounte Murray. Now, Murray has been the guy they've been force-feeding starts in minutes two, and they put him put onto the bench, and he played six first-half minutes. Now, he looked much better in the second half, uh, where he ended up with 19 minutes, 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, and three steals. And we talked about him on the buy-low show yesterday, saying those steals had been weirdly absent, and they were going to come back, making him a buy-low guy. Um, they did. Obviously, come back in this game. Now, whether that's something that's going to stick, whether he stays on the bench, what the hell happens when Derek White returns is anybody's guess. I think Murray is a little bit of a buy low, and I wouldn't be dropping him based on this, but it could very easily go that way. Well, with White, with Murray, with who knows what Popovich is doing. Bryn Forbes, strong from him, 19-4 with seven assists and two steals. Do not bank on assists, do not bank on steals from Forbes, but it was nice to see it. While Milsey had 16 and six assists and two steals also. Um, again, I don't know how long he stays in the starting lineup. He's an interesting 14-team league ad, Mills. But apart from that, uh, not rushing in a 12-teamer. DeMar Rosen, he was in my uh, sell high guys today and actually backed it up with a 69% shooting performance. Giggity! 31-4-5. It won't stick. He got 17 free throw attempts, only hit 77% of them, but that field goal percentage won't stick. So if anyone wants to buy him as a top 30 guy, you absolutely do that. While Aldridge, the inconsistency, the, the annoyance continues, 12 and 10 with three blocks. Jakob Pertl finally started. Uh, this is what we thought he could bait, maybe do in the preseason. 11 and 5, three blocks, 26 minutes. That's sort of like Ivan Zubats type numbers. Is that back end? Low upside, but 12-team value center. Really depends on what you need, but at least you've got to consider him now if he's in that lineup. Former, or actually, let's talk about Trey Lyles. He was dreadful. Zero points in seven minutes, and I reckon he's a chance to be out of the rotation when White is back. For the Wizards, former Spur, Davis Bertans, 21-5-4, four triples, 29 minutes, playing really well at the moment, absolutely on a 12-team radar, while Beal had 33-4, and four, and Ish Smith out of nowhere. 21-4-4 four four for Smith off the bench. I wouldn't read too much into it. Uh, the bench was rolling, so Flaming Mo Wagner played 26 minutes. Flaming Mo is putting up some really good numbers. 13 and 6, 3 triples. He's super efficient. The defensive numbers have been improved with him this season. He is absolutely at least someone that we can um, consider as a 12-team league guy. If anything ever happens to Thomas Bryant, then we will get uh, yeah an obvious must a must-own situation. But for now, he is putting up numbers that are fine to have him in a 12-team format. In those limited minutes, he's scoring, he's hitting threes, he's grabbing some rebounds, and as I said, putting up some level of defensive numbers at times, which is a, yeah, a big improvement from where he was last season. So um, with, with Wagner not... Um, with Wagner playing well, we only had limited minutes for the uh, the tank, Tom Bryant. 11 and 5, but 6 assists. 
yeah, that's still good enough. That makes him maybe a buy low player with those low minutes. He's definitely not a drop. Um, it's been a little bit on the downside lately, but I do have some faith that he gets back. Rui Hachimura, 15 and 7. He just is a nothing player in those peripheral numbers. The percentages are fine, but not much else in the 25 minutes. While Isaiah Thomas, 11.6 assists. I would much rather have Thomas over Hachimura in a 12-team format at this point. Don't forget, with Thanksgiving coming up, we're a week away. My bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. And if you win, congrats. You got that extra holiday spending money for Black Friday. If you lose, congratulations as well, because my bookie will give you all of your money back. It is a no-brainer, because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of that Thanksgiving Day risk-free bet. Let me repeat, a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. If you are a true sports fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, on to the next game now. Um, we have got uh, a, a just an absolute, uh, absolute ass-kicking. Um, the Golden State Warriors got smacked by the Mavericks, 142-94. And if the Mavericks had kept their starters in, this might have been an 80-point victory. It was that ugly. The Warriors were, of course, without Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. Uh, they had eight available players, none of them good. Kai Bowman, the lubricant, he started 16 points with very little else, 70% shooting. He just goes to shit when D'Angelo Russell returns. And when Draymond comes back, he probably does go back into a bench role. There's marginal value with him. While Alec Burks backed up a good game with a shit one. 11 points on 11 shots with four assists. I think I'd rather Burks over, over the lubricant long term. But he's just going to be a fringe type guy. We have to talk a little bit about Marquise Chris as much as I don't want to. 27 minutes, 11 and 5, two steals and two blocks. And while Draymond is sidelined, while Looney is sidelined, there is something there for Chris who's playing some minutes and putting up some numbers as he's always been able to do. But can he carve out a large enough role? He at least is someone to... um. He is at least someone to uh, to to consider and to uh, to think about, but not not a not a must roster guy. Cauley Stein, seven and four, two steals and a block. He's going to have no twelve team value pretty soon. While the triangle, Eric Pascal, a lot of shots, twenty two points, nineteen shots, seven rebounds, and he's very much you know, struggles in those other peripherals when Draymond returns and then when Russell returns. He was a negative forty three in this game, by the way. When those guys return, he's not going to do anything. While the worst worst rotation player in the league, Jordan Poole, had seven assists. And that's a couple of games recently where he has had some um, some interesting type interesting type performances in terms of assists, but not really much there. 26 minutes for Luka Doncic, 35, 10, and 11, 6 triples and 3 steals, 61 from the field, 88 from the line. This bloke is fantastic. He is not a sell high. He is a top 5, top 6 sort of guy. He's going to be in the discussion for top 3 next season. He will be locked in this top uh, 5 for the next 10 years. He's ridiculous. With Seth Curry out, Tim Hardaway started, 20 points, great. Missed one shot, not going to happen again. Uh, hit four threes, had four assists. Yeah, that's just one of those weird-ass fluky games. While the burner, Jalen Bronson, was just as fluky. Hit all six of his shots for 15 points, five rebounds, and five assists. But, of course, both benefited from Curry's absence. Porzingis. Porzingis. 14 and 10 with two blocks 
and two threes. Still not quite where he needs to be, but the rebound rate re remains up, and he's still maybe a little bit of a buy low. While Dwight Powell, eh, maybe he's still working his way back from a hamstring, but I've been completely unimpressed, and you know my thoughts. If a guy's not producing and his ceiling is low, which Powell's is, Piss him off. Don't worry about it. Six and three, two steals, and a block for Paolo. While Finney Smith went from like 35 minutes to 19 minutes. Again, some of that is um, some of that is blowout related. Five and four for Finney Smith in that time frame. While Delon Wright, pretty sure he's a drop. Six points in 16 minutes. I think he will have value at some point this year, right? I just don't think that we can really rely upon it on a consistent enough basis to consider him a must-roster player. Which is unfortunate because he actually absolutely can be with his abilities. The next game is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. The Bucks win 135-127. The Hawks with a crazy run to end this game. Eric Bledsoe, I talked about him last time the Bucks played and said, well, he's one of those guys that has those shit games and people panic. Well, he bounced back. 28-7-5, big numbers, great from the line, 82%. Yanni wasn't so good, 62% on 13 attempts, and he continues to really take a shit all over your free throw percentage. 33-11, a triple one, 71 from the field is great, but those free throws are a disaster. While Brooke Lopez, he had the Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. 12 points, five rebounds with two steals, two blocks, and two triples for Brook. And the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, only 25 minutes, but 11, five, and three with two steals and two triples. That's enough to be a 12-team league guy. Now, the fact that he's only playing 25 minutes while Middleton's out makes it hard to look at him as a must-roster guy. But when Middleton returns, I think he sticks in the starting lineup over Wes Matthews, but then that just makes it even more more difficult for him to get over 25 minutes a night, just adding another name back into that mix. Matthews himself played 28 minutes, had 10 points and three assists. Connaughton, seven points. Georgie Hill, nine, three, and four in his 23 minutes. But interestingly, DJ Wilson played over Ersan Ilyasova. For the Atlanta Hawks, DeAndre Hunter, a massive game. 27 points for Hunter on just 12 shots. Obviously, that's ridiculous, 67%. 8 of 9 from the line, never been a big free throw drawer. That's interesting. 11 rebounds is interesting. No defensive stats, of course, is uh, the norm for him. Uh, there's a lot of flukiness about this with Hunter. He is more of a 14-team league guy than a 12-team, but good to see him at least put something like this together. 25 and 8 for Trey Young with 3 steals. Those steals are way up this season, which is impressive. And Jabari Parker fouled out in 27 minutes. But still, 14 and 3. 3 assists, 2 threes, and 2 steals. Still getting it done. Bembry had one of the weirdest Richie Benno lines. Two for two, two, two. Two points, two assists, two steals, and two blocks. He had three rebounds, and he provides those weird-ass low-volume numbers until Kevin Herter returns. While Cam Reddish, talk about blokes hitting their shots, 17 points on 60% shooting with three threes. Again, more of a, a deeper league guy. Bruno Fernando was in the rotation ahead of Alex Len. Len only played nine minutes. Fernando got 13. We got 20 minutes of Alan Crabb. Sorry, let me rephrase it. 20 unnecessary minutes of Alan Crabb. He had 10 points in those 20 minutes. I guess because Collins and Herter are out, it's not uh, the complete end of the world to get him into the rotation. Let's look at the next game up now. We've got the uh, the Orlando Magic and the uh, Toronto Raptors. A pretty pretty big win in the end for uh, the Raptors, 113-97. But the big news is the two injuries for the Orlando Magic. Both Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon suffered ankle sprains that I think are going to keep them out a significant amount of time. Vooch is having an M up now. Both x-rays were negative. But both of these guys are having MRIs. Uh, try again. Vuce is having an MRI. Both guys' x-rays were negative. Both of them, I think, are going to miss time. Vucevic had uh, left the arena in a walking boot and on crutches. Gordon had uh, had to leave the arena on a, a crutch as well. He said, Gordon, this is said after the game, it was worse than the usual ankle sprains that he gets and he's going to take his time returning. I'm going to throw a two-week timetable out of nowhere on that. We'll hear more tomorrow. Uh, Vuce, I'm going to go three to four is my guess. He's looked way worse. With those guys out, we've got Kem Birch starting the second half. And let's be honest, Mo Bumba is not good. He might become good, but he is nowhere near good. 
Birch played 21 minutes. Basically, all of those... Yeah, well, not basically. Literally every single one of those when Vucevic went down, he played the bulk of the minutes. He is going to be the 28-minute guy, I think, and Bumba's going to be like 20 minutes, and it might even be more uh, ridiculous in terms of discrepancy because Bumba is just not good when he is on the court. It's as simple as that. Birch had 12-4. and four. Bumba had 3-3 three and three with two blocks. Now, Mo can be a blocks streamer. Birch can be a 14-team league ad. The other situation with Gordon now, the chief, Al Farouk Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I would love for them to start Terence Ross and put Jonathan Isaac actually in his proper position. I'm not sure they'll do that. They started Aminu at half. If you have rostered Aminu, if you listened to this show in the past, he was a 30-minute-a-night starter in Portland, and he was never a, oh, God, I've got to have this guy at all costs type of player. So I don't see what changes for him here in Orlando if Gordon misses, misses time. He's an okay semi-stream sort of a player. But by no means is he a must-roster guy. Uh, Terry Ross, I think, jumps up. 14 points, 3 triples. Evan Fournier, must-roster guy. Although he's a must-roster slash sell high, his shooting won't continue. 21 points, 3 assists, 3 steals, 3 triples for Fournier. And Johnny Isaac, this could be massive for Isaac. 16 and 13, 3 blocks in 34 minutes. They need to go to him more offensively. They're going to have to. And this could be the real growth that puts him into that uh, number one role. Maybe not number one because Vucevic is there, but I can really see uh, this boosting Isaac's future and his career. He is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, Markel Fultz, 12 points, 4 assists, 2 steals. He's a must-roster guy, I believe, also in 12-team formats. For the Raptors, big Terrence Davis. He is absolutely on fire. 19-8-5. He's a strong 16-team league ad while Lowry is out and probably remains in the rotation after that. Well, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson played 27 minutes, 6 and 5. The water boy, Chris Boucher, 20 minutes, 14 11. That's great. Serge Barker's likely back on the weekend, though. So, yeah, Woody, you might not get any more games of Boucher uh, being relevant. Siakam, 18 and 11 and 4. The efficiency was down, while Fred Van Lee continues to be great. 24.7 assists, 2 steals. Gasol, 5, 6 and 5, a triple 1, contributing across the board like DeAndre Bembry. Barker's returned. He's going to put a, a pin in that. While Norm Powell is good for points, 15 points in 38 minutes. He's good for nothing else. And that is why he's just that back-end 12-team league guy, at least until Lowry returns. The Jedi, Oji Ananobi, played in goggles. Hello there. Uh, wasn't great. 9 and 4 with a block in his 23 minutes. Let's go on to the next game now. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat. Another disastrous performance here by the Cavs. They lose 124 to 100. Kevin Love was back with big numbers, 25 and 13 with five triples. And Tristan Thompson was out. So Larry Nance started and put up the big numbers. 16 and 9, two threes, two steals, two, one block. This is why we like Larry Nance because we know that when he plays, he can get the minutes. But he was like a 22, 23 minute a night guy when Thompson was out there. Uh, I would love to see them go with this combination more often. I don't really trust that it's going to happen, but I would love to see it. He's a speculative ad. You know, would I add him over a Ken Birch? Probably. I, I think Nance has got significantly higher upside. Um, the Padawan, Colin Sexton, benched at the start of the second half. 19 points with two steals. Hey, at least you got two steals out of him. Zero assists, two rebounds. Just not good as that sort of a play. While Darius Garland, the other half of Sexland, 10 points in 25 minutes, also benched so that Jordan Clarkson and Matty Dellavedova could start the second half. That's how, how you know you're struggling. Chetty Osman also benched three points. He is not an NBA starter. He is not a 12-team league player. He is not a 14-team league player. Kevin Porter started for him, and I wouldn't be surprised if Porter starts getting uh, regular starts over him. Porter had seven points, two steals, uh, 23 minutes for Porter. He's probably a 16-team league ad at the moment, maybe even a 14-team league guy. On to the Heat. Jim Butler, really inefficient, like horribly inefficient. 
3 of 16, but got 13 of 13 from the free throw line to end up with 21, 5 and 5, 2 steals and 4 blocks. What a, ho- what a horrible shooting night that gives you an absolutely massive game in the end. Dunk Robinson, who? Yes, big Dunko. 19, no, try again. 29 points, 34 minutes, 9 triples, Nothing else. This is a bloke who's out of the rotation when Justice Winslow and Derek Jones are back. So while this is interesting, the minutes are up. He can be a great three-point streamer. There's nothing to really see as a must-add type player. Tyler Hero had 22 points on 69% shooting. Giggity. Nothing like playing the Cavs to get yourself back on track. Four threes with very little else again. Going to lose some minutes. While speaking of losing minutes, Kendrick Nunn, 25 minutes, 11, 2, and 6 with a steal. While these injuries are here, Nunn and Hero do have 12-team value. Again, I don't really think it lasts. While Bam Adebayo... Hit all his field goals, missed half his free throws. 13, 7, and 3 with four steals, but it's really hard to complain. While Dragic had 13, 4, and 6. And the Kelly Linick, Myers, Leonard, um, whatever you call it, Power Ford Orgy, uh, yeah, petered out, and neither of those guys had any real impact. Let's go on to the next game now. We've got the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets get the win 101 91. Uh, for the Hornets, um, 33 minutes for Miles Bridges. Hey. The steals, they're back. Two steals, one block, 12 points, five rebounds, two triples, 33 minutes. 39% shooting is pretty yuck. He, to me, is, and I'll continue to say it, he's a 12-team guy. You've got to add him if he's out there, in my opinion. Devontae Graham, 17-3-6 with four triples, an absolutely shitful shooting night. And that is the worry that some of that hot shooting to begin the season would drop off, while Rogier had 18-6-2. All three of those guys are clear 12-team league players. Dwayne Bacon got back into the rotation, had two steals. That's pretty much a career's worth for him at this point. Nothing to really see with him. While Batum, another Batum line, he's making DeAndre Bembry look good. Three, five, and three for Batum, not a 12-teamer. Paul Washington Jr., woof, five fouls in 12 minutes, five and four. Cody Zeller, four fouls in 15 minutes, five and seven. Washington is not quite a drop. He's really bloody close to it, though. He is not far away. And if there is a Mitchell Robinson out there, if there is a Miles Bridges out there, I would have no problem making that switch. Washington, after that hot start, has really, really cooled off. And foul trouble's an issue, much like Mitch Robinson, but yeah, defensive stats. Like What else is he doing apart from those hot scoring nights he had? That, that's the real concern, I think, with uh, Washington. Malik Monk, pretty good as well. 13 points in his 28 minutes. For the Nets, Dinwiddie, great again. 24 and 8 with two steals. Kyrie looks like it's not too serious, but he's going to miss some more time, would be my guess. And Dinwiddie's having great value. Sell high, sell high, sell high. Well, Jarrett Allen, 28 minutes, 22 and 17. That is massive. Hopefully, they just give him these minutes over DeAndre Jordan consistently. Must roster 12, Tamer. Well, the artist, formerly known as Torian Prince, currently known as Torian Prince as well. 20 and 8, four triples. Good to see him back on track. Is a 12-team league guy. Smoking Joe Harris, eh. Maybe, maybe. I like him as a 12-team guy now. I don't think it lasts. Well, John and Musa had four and seven with two steals. And Theo Pinson also chimed in with two steals. They are just the deeper league type players. Next game for us to look at. We've got those Utah Jazz men up against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Jazz 103, the Wolves 95. Boyan Bogdanovich, 30 points, six triples, four rebounds, three assists. Great for him. Great shooting, super high usage. Mike Conley, starting to get back into it. 16, 6, and 8 on 50% shooting. His shooting, which is something I detailed on the Buy Low show the other day, was never going to stick this low. It's good to see it rebounding. While Don Mitchell had 26 and 7 with five triples. He's done. He's good. Uh, Gobert, 12 and 15, five blocks. And remember the panic. Oh, Gobert, they're blocks. They've gone. They've, they've all gone. They're back. 
It's always going to happen. Jingle and Joe, four assists and two steals. Yeah, I don't see him as a 12-team league player personally. Uh, Tone Bradley out of the rotation. We're getting all uh, the backup minutes to Jeff Green. So it'll be interesting to see what we do when Eddie Davis is back because um, for uh, Dante Exum to get into the rotation, they had to excise uh, Bradley. So when Davis comes back, it is going to be an interesting decision for Quinn Snyder. For the Wolves, Andrew Wiggins returned. It wasn't his best night, 22-7-3, and three, but still got his shots up, played his 34 minutes after his illness. That's solid enough. Towns got into some foul trouble, ended with 14-12, and 12, and Bob Covington, 31 minutes. This is great to see that the minutes were back up there for him. 11-3, two steals, three blocks, truly Covington-esque. Keelan Martin, what the hell? 25 minutes for Martin, 10-7 and seven with two triples. This is the second good game in a row. With the absence of Jake Lehman and Shabazz Napier, he's getting in the rotation. He's playing better than Josh Okogie and Jarrett Culver. He's at least a 20-team name to watch, but it's unlikely to sustain long-term while it was a shit night from Jeff Teague. 12-4-6 and six looks okay on the surface, but 2-9 of nine from the field, and then 7-11 of 11 from the line. Yeah, it could have been a lot better, and it was a lot worse. Not a good night from uh, Teague at all. Next, next game up, the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, my Chicago Bulls. The big win against the Pistons, 109-89. Andre Drummond, 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 six points. Yeah, he did. Three of 10 from the field, none of none from the line. 14 boards, four assists, two steals, and three blocks, while Derrick Rose had 18 points with very little else. The Derrick Rose story. Lukey, the duck canard, 14 points in 38 minutes. Um, took a lot of shots, which is encouraging. Didn't hit them, which is not. Still remains a 12-teamer, while Langston Gallo Galloway, 13 points in 40 minutes. Yikes. Uh, when you're playing 40 minutes of Langston Galloway and you lose by only 20, you probably got out of it with a win, to be honest. Galloway was a negative 30 and is really not good, but this is two big minute games in a row. Dwayne Casey loves his ass for whatever reason, but he actually does. Markeith Morris suffered a banged knee early in the game, and that meant that we had to actually play the good players. So Christian Wood got 18 minutes, 12 and 10 with three blocks. The water boy, Bobby Boucher, is really jealous of that. Now, if only Wood could stick in that rotation over Morris, he would be like a 16-team league guy. Do you trust it? I don't. Blake Griffin, 16-8 and eight on some shit shooting. So he is a real buy low after that sort of performance. While the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, two points, five rebounds, six assists, and two blocks. All you have him for are those defensive numbers and those assists, and he provided them enough there, but he's not really a 12-team league guy. But Brown is available in 97% of Yahoo leagues. That number is way too low. Like He should be rostered in all 16s, 18s, and 20s, and in some 14-teamers. For the Chicago Bulls, Tomas Sataransky, yes, 15-4-7 with two steals. Got it back on track, but the minutes cap that he seems to be always be under is the concern. He has value when he plays like this, but again, the consistency, the upside, it's pretty limiting to, to be rostered in shallow leagues. While Big Shaq Harrison. It's big Shaq. 15 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. How many steals? 2 plus 2 is 4. Minus 1, that's 3 quick match. Yes, 3 steals and a block with a triple. We know this guy can be an absolute fantasy stud when he starts. Otto Porter's out. Chandler Hutchison's out. I would, I would seriously consider adding Big Shaq in a 14-team league. Uh, Markkinen, hey, look at that. He's not the worst shooter of all time. What a shock. 24-6, three triples, 29 minutes, two blocks, and a steal, 50% from the field. This is why you buy low. When you see someone shooting 34% from the field and nobody's a 34% shooter, you know it's going to improve. You can put your dick on the table and say, it's going to improve, like I did, and it will. Now, he might have a shit game the next game, and you can do a shoot wrong. Over the course of the season... He'll be better than he was, 
And there you go. Wendell Carter Jr., 12 and 15, a steal and a block, while Kobe White, 12 points. Only took seven shots in probably the biggest shocker of the day. Five rebounds. He did twist his ankle in warm-ups, but was able to play through it. And only 21 minutes from Ryan archer Jackano, probably the second biggest surprise of the day. So um, un un Unlucky that he didn't get to play all 48 minutes under old uh, Jimmy Boylan. Oh, speaking of trash, Zach Levine had five points in 28 minutes with four assists. He's not a drop. He's a buy low after this. But he is not He is not a good NBA player, in my opinion. He just struggles to do things, in my opinion, again, in my opinion, that contribute to winning basketball. He is significantly overrated. All right, on to the next game now. Uh, we've got the Houston Rockets. They go down to the Denver Nuggets, 102-95. Uh, uh, is that right? Actually, 105-95. Sorry, the uh, the number I've got there is wrong. That's, uh, that's, that's weird. Uh, apologies for that, 105-95. Uh, the Rockets, Jimmy Harden, 27-7-7 with three steals and four triples, 50% from the field. A weird 7 of 10 from the line, which is actually quite harmful when it's uh, that volume from Harden. While Capella, another 20 rebound game. This time, 21 boards, 12 points, no blocks, but man... Those uh, rebounds that Westbrook are stealing, uh, they seem to be going all right for him. Westbrook himself, 22-2-5. His rebounds, his assist numbers, they're all down. His free throws are up. His field goals are pretty still still pretty trash, 36% on 22 attempts on 34% usage, while Danny House suffered a shoulder injury. He had been a must-roster 12-team league, guys. Uh, guy, let's see how this shoulder injury plays out. We'll hear more news now, but it could be... A multiple game situation, and then you look at guys like Mclemore and Rivers who become streamers, but not for not for twelve team league players. PJ Tucker, I don't believe PJ is a twelve team must roster guy. He can hit some threes, he can get some steals, he does nothing else in those other areas. Um, and look, that they can be useful at times. He's more of a stream guy to me than anything else. While for the old Denver Nuggets, big ch big chungus Nikola Jokic, twenty seven and twelve with four assists. This is why he's a buy low. Eventually, it's going to come good. It came good here, and still there's room for that to get better. While the Blue Arrow, ten points, but six steals for Jamal Murray. Jesus, that's a year's worth of work for him. Nine assists as well on some pretty piss poor shooting. While Paul Millsap continues his strong run, eleven and six, three steals and a block. He's a must roster guy. He's also a sell high guy because some of his stuff, including his shooting, is likely to regress. While Farton will Barton. 15, 7, and 3, and Gaz Harris, 10, 2, and 3 for Gaza. Nice, Gary! That's okay for Gaz. Gaz, to me, is more of a 14-team league guy at this point than a 12-team than a league player. Tory Craig was in the rotation over Michael Porter Jr. in this one, with Wancho Hernan Gomez still getting those minutes off the bench ahead of Malik Beasley. 8 and 6 for Wancho, 8 and uh, 2 steals, 3 blocks for Tory Craig. It looks like that bench guard wing rotation is going to be a little bit up in the air for a big chunk of the season for the Nuggets this year. All right, on to the last game of the night, a massive overtime game in LA with the Celtics taking on the Clippers. The Clippers get the win, 107-104. Jason Tatum was fantastic, hit that uh, game-tying shot over Paul George. 30 points, five triples, six rebounds. He had two steals and two blocks, and if he can do these sort of things regularly contribute in those ancillary categories, then that value is where it rises. But, you know, I, I do have my doubts about him doing this regularly, but this was obviously fantastic. Vanilla Tice, 31 minutes, 8 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists and 3 steals. He's clearly grabbed that starting center job. He has 14, probably 16 team league value, but has some 14 team league value. But he's completely annihilating Ennis Cantor, who had 8 and 6, and the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, who played just 9 minutes. You can piss those guys off in 12s. Probably even 14 team leagues. Tice is the man there. Marcus Smart, Returned from his ankle injury, 15 points on 20 shots, but eight assists and two steals when Kemba Walker was not good in this one. Maybe it's a buy low for Kemba. 13 and nine, three triples, two assists and one steal. Well, Brad Wanamaker, fantastic down the stretch, 14 points and five assists. 
Jalen Brown, this looks like the first three years of Jalen Brown. The last two games have not been good. It's a little bit of a buy low, but I worry that maybe that first seven, eight games, maybe that's an outlier. That is definitely a concern with Brownie. Uh, not a good performance from him here. For the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard played together for the first time, but it was Patrick Beverly. Yes, 14 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 4 triples. This guy doesn't score like this. He doesn't rebound like this, but he always seems to contribute. I believe he's a 12-team guy. doesn't need to be on your roster. He's a should-roster sort of player that shouldn't be floating around on 43% of waiver wires. Paul George had 25 25, in fact, 5 and 8, under 30% usage, while Kawhi had 17, 6 and 3 with 3 steals and 2 blocks. Both of those guys didn't shoot at their best, but the production there is still pretty good, and they're just sort of feeling each other out at this point. Giggity. Giggity, indeed. Lou Williams, great sell-high opportunity. 37 minutes, 27 points. Hey, look at what he did with Paul George and Kawhi there. He's still the man. Get a top 50 guy back. I don't think you'll be disappointed. While Montrez Harrell, the table, two steals and two blocks with six points, not his best night. While Zubat's added in his seven boards and two blocks. And uh, Flaming Mo Harkless, only the three points. Harkless is only a, a deeper league guy, even though he did get the start um, with uh, Patrick Patterson, rightfully, out of the rotation. Scooter Magruder played 15 minutes and was scoreless during that time. Let's now move on to look at some injury news across the league. Otto Porter out for a couple more weeks. I do think that he is a drop with this news with, with his foot. Um, in at least 10 team leagues, it is pretty hard to hold on for a guy who'd been struggling and now doesn't really have a, a set timetable out for at least two weeks. While Chandler Hutchison is out indefinitely with his shin issues that is causing some problems there. Of course, Big Shaq Harrison had the start today. Pau Gasol waved by the Blazers as he tries to recover from his foot injury. It's probably the end of Pau's career, so shout out to you, Pau, for a fantastic Hall of Fame career. Joshie Richardson missed today's game with a hip issue, while Serge Ibaka looks like he could be returning on the weekend. So the water boy, Chris Boucher, his value could disappear, and uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and even Marc Gasol, uh, they're all going to see a little bit of a hit if Ibaka does, in fact, return. Uh, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon both suffered ankle injuries that I think are going to cost them games, probably weeks would be my guess. I highlighted early when talking about the magic about where the value likely goes. You look at uh, Terry Rice, you look at Fultz, you look at Isaac, you look at Ken Birch in those situations as well. Markeith Morris banged knees today, didn't return. Hopefully he never returns and we get more Christian Wood. Well, Danny House, it looks like it's not a great one for House with that shoulder and I think we're going to be missing some time. So Benny McLemore, Austin Rivers, those guys step up. Uh, but they are still more just 14-team league guys. Let's look at some DFS stuff now. It is a disgustingly bad slate of games. The Portland Trailblazers uh, are taking on the Bucks in the first one of them. We're looking at fan dual pricing today, but again, if you can, just stay away from DFS on a day like today. All right, the first game of this annoying two-game slate is the Portland Trailblazers taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks on a back-to-back -back after a victory against the Atlanta Hawks. No spread out for this one, but we do know that Damian Lillard is out with those back spasms. His likely replacement, Anthony Simons, is listed as questionable with an ankle injury, while Hassan Whiteside is also questionable. Carmelo Anthony almost definitely going to start. Again, if Whiteside's out, it'll probably be Scalabissier, considering Pau Gasol was waived today. And then at point guard, if Simons is out, they'd have to throw Kent Bazemore in there. Maybe they throw Gary Trent and push CJ McCollum across to... Across to the point guard spot, but that would be an absolute shit show, disaster, blowout. Just in general, I know I'm doing a DFS preview here. This is not a day today, uh, not a day to play DFS. It's not going to be good. On Fangio, if we're looking at point guard, Simons at 4800 actually comes in pretty good, but we don't know if he's going to play. The good thing is, it is the first game of the night, so we're going to get advanced warning of that, but he comes in as a pretty good option. While Eric Bledsoe, 7700 played pretty well against the Hawks. It is a back to back, but you've got such a dearth of options that you have to at least consider Bledsoe. 
For the shooting guards, you've got Sterlo Brown, 41. He's not doing it for me. I do like McCullum at 7,500. Going to have to shoulder a pretty large load. Giggity. And be a 40-point-plus guy. So he is one of those guys I'd look to build around. Same with Dante DiVincenzo at 5,000, who put up his second big back-to-back game. With Middleton out again, DiVincenzo is going to have that opportunity afforded to him. For the small forwards, under the Kumpo, 12-6. Well, great. We know Giannis is great, but can you find the cheap guys to get around him? I'd be trying to do that, and DiVincenzo is a good start in that area, but uh, Bazemore would be another one to put in there at 4,200 who could really blow up, especially if Simons happens to be limited. As for Mallow, at 3,800. I don't think Mallow played that well, but at 3,800, I reckon you've got to take a look at it, especially with Lillard out again. Um, he's got to get his shots. If they go in at just even a marginally below average rate as opposed to last game, there is something there for Mallow. That price is enough to at least get me interested. While Rocket Rodney Hood at 43 is a GPP type of guy. Nassio Little dropped 35 last game. He is at 4,100. And again, with Mallow's struggles, Little has to be an option. I wouldn't want to play both Mallow and Little together in a lineup, but uh, Little does have some value at such a cheap price. For your power forwards, Lebissier would be interesting at 3,600. Of course, if Whiteside out, is out, then he becomes an absolute chalk guy. While well, Ilyasova wasn't in the rotation today, he was replaced by DJ Wilson. Maybe that's a back-to-back thing. For the centers, Brook Lopez, 6,800. That is a significant price rise for Brook. He put up another good game against the Hawks. No reason he can't get a 30-pointer, but is that enough in this matchup against Whiteside at that salary to be useful? As for Hassan at 7,800, he's just uh, he's looked just the worst in terms of effort. The world. But if he does play, there is a real ability for him to get 40 points. And from a fantasy point of view, that's all we really care about at this stage. But the matchup for Lopez on the flip side, really, really good because Whiteside just doesn't try. And that enables you to put up some big numbers if you are in that situation. The second game of the day, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are without ravishing Rick Rubio. The Suns are without Aaron Bainesy Baines. They have Frank Kaminsky, Dario Saric, and Cameron Johnson all listed as probable. For the Pelicans, Josh the Hitman Hart is out. Derek Favors is out, while Lonzo Ball and Jalee Lokafor are both questionable. Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, all those guys are ready to go. Of course, the yeah, value changes here. If Okafor's out, it boosts Hayes. It boosts Nicole Ormelli. If ba- uh, Lonzo Ball is out, it boosts Frank Jackson. Maybe Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but it, it definitely boosts JJ Redick in that scenario. At point guard, Javon Carter. He started the second half last game in place of uh, Rubio. He doesn't do a huge amount, but he is a minimum salary player, and he had 16 points, so that's probably enough to consider him an option there, while Tyler Johnson, also a minimum salary guy, more ability for him to pop off if they do decide to give him those minutes. Lonzo, I wouldn't want to use him at 6,900. Giggity. Uh, for your shooting guards, Booker's at 85. I like that. He's a 40-point type of floor player. Uh, while Redick at 5,400 can really be boosted if we do get Lonzo uh, being scratched, if we get that news. Uh, Redick at 54 looks pretty good. Drew at 87 is, is probably pushing it just a little bit too high, in my opinion. I'd much rather take Booker at 85. Small forward, I like Cam Johnson at 44. I'm not worried about the probable designation. While Kelly Oubre at 73 has got it going last couple of games. Steals have been up. 73 is high, but again, limited options there. While McCall Bridges at 39. Really killed it last game. Can he do it again? Uh, It really depends on what lineups they go for. He's not a horrible GPP guy, but a lot of what he did last game feels a little fluky. While Ingram at 8,900, I like that. I like that a lot more than Drew at that 8,700 mark. For the power forwards, Frank the Tank Kaminsky will start at center. So at 4,600, he is in play. Check Diallo's a minimum salary guy, Eh, maybe for tournaments. While Sharich was dreadful last game, eight points in 21 minutes. Again, more of a tournament player. And then for centers, Hayes, Jackson Hayes, 5,000. Love it. That is an absolute cash lock to me. 
uh, over guys like Lopez and Whiteside. Hayes is going to get a shit ton of minutes. Okafor, I'm not all that interested in. And then uh, Nicola Melli would come into play if uh, Okafor happens to be ruled out. If we flip it over to DraftKings, similar stuff. I love uh, Yanni over there, really strong pricing. Uh, Cam Johnson, Javon Carter, Ingram, Whiteside, Lopez, Simons if he plays. Uh, Kaminsky, Ubre, Hayes, Tyler Johnson, Devin Booker. DiVincenzo, McCullum, Drew Holiday, all of those guys have some pretty strong value over on uh, over on the old DraftKings. So that will wrap it up for today's podcast. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble, Instagram, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, leave a comment, all of that good stuff, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Gasol.